All right, the 2022 World Cup Series is really heating up. And this weekend, it's round three in Leergang, Austria. You're listening to the pre-race show supported by Max's Tyres. And I'm going to be joined by Coach to the Stars, Chris Kilmurray, to get tons of insight into the series so far, the track in Leergang and what to expect over the weekend. Maxis is synonymous with racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no surprise that they've won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup and EWS racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxis has got the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. I raced the EWS 100 last weekend in the Tweed Valley using the Asagai 2.5 Max Grip in the new XO Plus casing up front, paired up with the DHR Double Down Max Terror on the back. For me, they were the perfect combo of grip and support with all-day pedalability. Maxis are also going to be giving away some awesome stuff throughout the season, and for this round you've got a chance to win some very special Minion 20th Anniversary socks and gloves. All you need to do is to share these episodes in some way on Instagram and make sure that you tag me at Downtime Podcast and at Maxis Bike in a story so that we can pick a winner. You can check out the entire range of Maxis tyres over at Maxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxis Bike. I'd love you to get involved in my Pink Bike Fantasy DH League that I've set up especially for downtime listeners. It's free to join and there'll be some downtime podcast merch and hopefully some kit from Nico and Elliot for the winner at the end of the season. Head over to pinkbike.com, click on Fantasy DH in the menu bar and create your team. Once you have it, click Join League and you'll find us near the top of the list. There's no password required so it's super easy to do and it'd be great to see you all there. Richie Thornhill is currently in the lead with a score of 1,422 points, closely followed by Monarch and Will716. Right, let's get stuck into this pre-race show for Lear Gang with Chris Kilmurray. Chris Kilmurray, welcome back once again to the Downtime Podcast. Uh, not in person this time, you're out in sunny question mark Leo gang and i'm sat here in the uk extremely sunny beautiful Leo gang at the moment however it wasn't sunny yesterday and it won't be sunny tomorrow okay interesting stuff well before we get stuck into the details of Leo gang let's just reflect back quickly on um on what went down in fort william because there was some some outstanding racing there um across all categories i would say it was an exciting event um let's start with nina hoffman First, uh, first win at Fort William, second ever elite world cup win, um, carried a, a real swagger through the entire week and took mm. that away with her. Um, that's going to make her a threat this weekend, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, track demands are, are quite different. Um, and obviously no, no national race here before and stuff. So circumstances are slightly different, but I think now we just add Nina to yet another top tier lady who's got a, a real good shot at a win or, you know, challenging battling for the top places, which is just amazing really. Now that we have so many girls, you know, definitely. It seems to be that support structure around Nina at a syndicate. That's really kind of helped her. She seems really comfortable. there, really happy there. In fact, the whole team seemed really happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she said it herself. I don't know where I heard it listening to some post post race, whatever uh, after Fort William, she said, even learning, um, from Greg Menard is probably one of the biggest helps just kind of dire- directly and vicariously just you know just Greg's level of experience especially for William um, just is just rubbing off you know quickly so it's cool it's really cool to see yeah well and let's pick up a nut on uh, 
well, we may as well do a few more members of the syndicate because there was definite highlights there. Laurie Greenland, again, a, a, a rider that came in with a real swagger at the start of the week. It didn't fully go to plan, but it was pretty damn close and, and starts to put Laurie in that could win on any track kind of racer category. Again, really cool to see. Yeah, really good to see. Um, I think the bike he's on now suits suits him better and it's it's easier to potentially ride it like he wants to ride it compared to his previous his previous setup and that's just giving him a little margin to to push like he can or push like he wants to push without it biting back so often so i think confidence is higher um generally it's just working out you know extremely well for him and normally if you come to the bds you do really well you carry the swagger to time training you carry potentially the swagger to qualifying it doesn't work out <laughs> historically not not many people have made it work out from you know two to three weeks from a bds working through to the world cup but laurie almost got there and if it wasn't for that mistake and that tight awkward right hander leading onto the road gap he would have won the race i think or been extremely close to it because he was yeah. already you know four tenths is all he lost it by so i think he would have won it by a tenth or two if he hadn't had that mistake yeah, and that was a berm that was sort of collapsing throughout the session. Is that right? That that right hander or like it's a, a right hander with, with a no, it's right hander literally before the road gap, and it is a, had a big rock slab in it, and you had to kind of finesse the left hander before it with just just enough pressure to give yourself the time to set up above above the rock so you could actually arc on or above the rock. Uh-huh. But if you went too low, you got squared up. So Laurie got caught out there. Phoebe Gale got caught out there. Reese Wilson got caught out there. Lost a heap of time. Um, quite a few riders uh, got caught out there and, and obviously with that caliber of rider it just shows you how challenging it was you know yeah definitely about an impressive uh, result from Laurie and, and excited to see more from him and then let's do uh, one more syndicate team member it seems odd not to be mentioning Greg Minar um, clearly a talented rider and we'll see more from him throughout the season but Jackson Goldston was really pushing on throughout the weekend I think it was you that sent me a side-by-side comparison of Amory and Jackson down the track. Mm. Uh, and it was incredible to see Jackson's pace, um, even compared to, to Amory. Um, yeah. Another guy who's thriving off that syndicate atmosphere yeah. and, and carrying huge confidence into the weekend, but a fierce battle, right? That, that junior battle between him and Jordan Williams is I think going to carry on all season long. eh? Yeah, double J. Uh, they're going to push Jordan and Jordan and Jackson. They're going to push each other. I think to potentially to junior results, time wise, junior performances. Let's say that we've maybe never seen. Even when you know Finn and Matt Walker were battling it out and other top tier juniors. I think you know they, they finished fifth and sixth overall. Uh, different conditions because of the time of day between junior and elite racing. But like the the, the pace both of them are carrying. Uh, the pace they're both able to consistently put down qualities and finals for their age and their level of experience is just astonishing. And it's, it's, yeah, it's only going to get crazier and, and extremely different bike riders, Jackson and, and Jordan, which is cool because they're going to have strengths and weaknesses slightly different in different places. They got two very different bikes. They got different support structures around them. Everything is quite different and they're finishing within, you know, Jackson lost a race in, in Fort William by three one hundredths of a second, which is essentially, it could be any one of 20 tiny micro mistakes in a track as long as Fort Williams. So yeah, phenomenal, really. Sure. I, wrote, I, actually, I rode downhill with Jackson last Saturday in Morzine and uh, he's just able to make a bike work and move and just create and find traction where average bike riders like me don't. <laughs> it's pretty astonishing, really, when you when you watch it. You're like, oh, wow, that's that's how you could do it. So 
yeah, for both of those kids, and I think just the junior, the junior field in general, men and women, the amount of support and interest it gets, uh, how it's seen as part as a key element to, you know, talent development and talent nurturing at the World Cup level. Now it's just really cool to see it paying off at that level. You know, for sure. And uh, yeah, the future is bright in both the junior men's and the junior women's category. Gracie Hemstreet taking another win. But I think Phoebe was pretty hot on her heels uh, without a, a, an incident in her race run. Uh, Isabella Yankova didn't take to the, the start line, I don't think. Some some kind of injury niggles there that, that took her out of play. But again, a, a good little battle uh, potentially hotting up in that category too. Yeah, really interesting. Fort William was, was super interesting. Obviously, Phoebe had, you know, in, in terms of just raw pace, she had the the beating of, of Gracie uh, all week long. She had a huge mistake in finals just before the deer gate did a foot plant on one of the gnarlier sections and it would have made you stop riding a bike. Basically it was that, it was that gnarly. You would have parked it up. Uh, and then obviously had the, the issue where she slid out before the road gap and couldn't do the road gap. Um, so I think, yeah, she look, if some butts and candy and nuts, she definitely should have, would have, should have, would have, could have won the race. Uh, Gracie put down another phenomenal performance, you know, for, for the for their age, for their, their strength levels, the experience levels, to be putting down consistent, clean runs on those sorts of tracks is so impressive. And unfortunately, Isabella, it's, it's taken a little while, it seems, to, to gel with the Specialized, coming from, from her previous bike, the Trek, it seems. Um, but it won't take long. And she did have a huge crash in Fort William. And I think she uh, got the handlebars or, or some p- portion of the bike to the, the lower abdomen. So she, she sat out the race just to be safe. Sounds like a sensible move. And then... Uh, Men's winner, once again, Amory Pierron becoming a bit of a Fort William specialist. Uh, he didn't quite look like he was on it all weekend, but he never put a race run past him when it comes to uh, the end of the weekend, huh? Yeah, uh, like, yeah, he's he's a he's a racer. I don't know if he's a natural-born racer or a, a studied racer. Uh, I called him for the win, actually. I don't know if I said it to you or a few other people asked me, but he was, he was my pick for the win, just... <laughs> How demanding the track is, how how many elements there is to it, and the contrast between the high speed upper section, the very long sector two, the rocky stuff, and then the the slow change to the extremely flat, draggy woods to motorway. That that whole steady contrast of of demands and terrain, uh, the physicality, the the need to just go extremely fast. A to B, top to bottom, with with no weak sectors. If you want to win that race, so Amory was always going to be a threat, and, he's, and he said himself physically he was really at the end of his rope by the time he got to the motorway. But he just gritted his teeth. I think Sven Martin has an amazing photo of him coming to the last jump into the the berm before the finish line of him just gritting his teeth, which I think sums up the race run pretty good. Um, but yeah, I won it by a tiny margin. Uh, whereas last time out, he won it by one point eight seconds. Uh, and no, he won it in twenty eighteen by one point eight, and then he won it in twenty nineteen by three and a half—a ridiculous margin in Fort William. So this time around, it was yeah less, less of a huge margin. The podium was actually insanely tight; it was like one point eight seconds or less to the top five. So yeah, uh, yeah. impressive. He looks- dangerous though. Amory's like, uh, in terms of his raw pace and his bike riding abilities, his ability to learn a track to eke out where, where the fast, where the margins are to be gained on a track, his physical, the whole lot, the whole package is just, he's a dangerous, he's a dangerous dude for the rest of the competition. He's a dangerous dude, but I think big, big mention from, from last time out and needs to go to Loris Vergier and in, in Lourdes as well. 
And Loris is still, since this time last year, probably the fastest man out there, hands down. But crashes, mechanicals, issues, self self inflicted or not, he's he's just not quite getting it to come together on race days, you know. Yeah, it's incredible to watch him on track always. He's like so light and precise on the bike. Um yeah, yeah the, just the, hasn't the quite come together just yet, huh? No, yeah, but to get to be two point two off the win or two point four, whatever it was, um with no chain for most of Fort William is it's an impressive feat. So Yeah. <laughs> definitely uh, not bad at all and looking at what that does to the overalls uh amory has got a pretty convincing stride going on the yeah. uh, the men's over i think he's got 455 points and then laurie and benoit tied on 289 danny in fourth and matt walker in fifth um so good uh good showing by the brits there but the french still taking the top spot um that that momentum is really starting to build for amory it's gonna be hard to break that stride yeah, well, I think we Tebow had even more momentum this time last year, and he broke it for himself. So, <laughs> uh, anything well has to be seen with the number of injuries recently. Anything can happen. It's racing. This is why we love racing. This is why we love sports because it's it's unscripted drama. Um, so for now, yeah, anything's possible. I uh, even honestly at this stage, two races in the the overall is to me in my head it's almost meaningless. Uh, after this weekend, that's going to change. We, we we'll be at halfway house, so maybe three races in. If you've had three, three bad races, then you're you're really cl- clutching at straws, you know. Or vice versa, if you're in Amory's position, he wins three on the trot, then he's he's in a super commanding position. But for now, two races in. Like I I remember riding with um, Bruni a bit last year. We had a fox hit the park uh, thing in in a, in Avoria, just above Morzine, and. We discussed, you know, because he had two bad races on the bounce uh, here, well, 10th here last year, and then uh, the rain situation in Leger when Thibault won. And he was like, oh, overall's done, dusted. It's like, forget about it. And I was like, oh, never say never, dude. There you <laughs> go. He, he clawed the overall back at the at the 12th hour, the 11th minute, whatever whatever the saying is. So anything's, sure. anything's possible. Yeah, that's why we love racing, I think. And now we got an extra race, extra two races this year. we got eight rounds. So Yeah, yeah, plenty to play yeah. for, I guess. And then in the women's, sure. uh, some very solid riding and some strong kind of consistency from Camille Balanche has left a lead in that four, three, five points ahead of Miriam in second on 370 Valley in third on 3d5 and then Nina and Marin Cabaru kind of in fourth and fifth there. So yeah, that's really strong start this season from, from Cami. Hey? Yeah. Phenomenal. Like you can't, you can't, can't say anything but good things about that level of consistency and how, how she managed her race because she's got way less experience in Fort William than than other people. Obviously, we haven't been there for three seasons. Um, so how she managed, you know, learning the track in Fort William, dealing with the conditions, the the weather, qualies, finals, the physicality, all of that stuff to come out with a a P one in qualies and a P two in finals and a decent chunk of points and a couple of fastest sectors and A B C and D like yeah can't really can't knock it can you it's it's a, it's a cool progression to see like the question is now how much more when does she crest the wave of co- progression I don't think we can answer that just yet you know it's it's cool to see it's it's good to be in the sport when we have this many competitive women like I said and Cami's Cami's pushing everyone well, I think if Cami gets even more consistent and picks up a little bit of extra ability and pace in a certain types of riding and certain types of sections. Um, she'll, she'll be one of the ones dragging the sport forward, you know, whereas up until now she's kind of been playing catch up, let's say to, to Miriam, to Tani, to even to Valley to a point and to Rachel, if Rachel had been more competitive the last few years, 
whereas very soon Cammy's going to tip the balance. She'll be the one driving the the progression, you know. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, Leah Gang, a track where she's gone well in the past for sure. Let's let's talk about the track you've been on track walk uh, already today. Uh, yeah, take us through it. I mean, any big changes? Any surprises? Any good good bits of taping or bad bits of taping? No, no, no. That's your three answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, same old, same old, same start gate, same views, same right-hand corner out of the start into the off-camber field. Um, they've added more gravel on some of the bike park turns, which is going to be nice because it looks like it's going to be wet tomorrow. It's a bit more traction there. Um, they've done a couple of little bits of work on that off-camber at the top uh, and then really bringing it the whole way to the stumps, they've just taped it tighter. It's really, really narrow in spots. Okay. So you come out, come out of the first tunnel and start, well, the last two seasons came out of the first tunnel did a little section of the field and you kind of went a jump over the back and into a berm and then use the edge of a bike park jump to, to kind of hip down it back onto the the world cup track so now we're just taking the line from 2018 or 19 uh, which is goes straight straight down from the tunnel into a big long berm but they've actually taped in a chicane before to slow it down a little bit uh, so the chicane will probably turn into a, a semi straight line when when group a practice gets on track but there's, there's lots of spots like that where they've tried to just tighten it up pinch it up a little bit some other spots where they've done the opposite um motorways give or take the same the two big wooden kickers um that are out of the first two jumps in the motorway are about half the size they have been in the past they're brand new small small jumps so everyone, everyone is going to take them i think whereas previous years people analyze and, and work on whether they want to do the first one or the second one go around them tuck sprint whatever blah 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 i think it's going to be a little bit more straightforward this year okay uh, but motorway will still be a crucial part of, of winning the race. It won't win you the race, but it, it can lose you a podium or, or a victory if you do a bad job in the motorway. Yeah. Um, and then the woods are, give or take, the same. It's been open uh, as part of official bike park, from what I've heard. Okay. Um, it's still extremely gnarly. If it gets wet enough, it runs really well, apparently. It just stays washy, and it's pretty hard underneath, from what I've heard from a few people who've ridden here. Uh, once it gets like it is now, where it rained all day and then dried out, it gets so slippy. It's a strange clay. Like you, you walk either side of the track and it's loamy, beautiful dirt full of pine needles. And if you walk a ride in the, on the side of the World Cup track, it's just grippy. You can just arc and carve everywhere. And then as soon as you touch what's ridden as, as the racetrack, it is like glass. <laughs> so here we are. So they've chopped out some roots. They've taped things a little bit tighter in spots. Um, they've continued to dig in to where they created berms or benches for 2020 world champs they've just had to dig in dig in dig in so we're getting to the point where it might be a little bit harder underneath so we might get slightly more consistent consistent riding and racing depending on on the weather conditions uh, is the hope um and things like that were a big issue in 2020 like the run into the red bull river gap that sort of stuff that looks a lot better so by and large we're looking like um it could be a fairer woods um and, and better racing because of it. Uh, but it's going to be similar to 2021 weather forecast wise. It should dry out by finals, elite men finals come Saturday. It looks okay. like we might get a, a similar conditions to last year. So I wouldn't call it a lottery, but it's, yeah, I think the, the, the big one is managing practice tomorrow when we have group A, group B mixed, raining all night, all day, ruts changing position between runs. You want to gap this route, pick up this rut, stay balanced, hook, hook up there, whatever, and you can't do it because it's changed in, in the 40 minutes between your runs. Or you come in and there's bodies everywhere, that sort of thing. So I think practice is going to be the managing the mental game, managing the 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 tactical strategic stuff and practice is going to be the the key. Yeah. So going to suit riders that are able to 
kind of constantly adapt throughout the week as things change or even foresee where things might go through experience like riders like greg yeah, have it, seen this experienced riders that aren't gonna that are, are gonna you know put the, the puzzle together little by little and not stress when a piece isn't fitting is is really really key because i think you can come in there and try your best to just make everyone a good run and in, in that woods it's just not going to happen tomorrow especially uh, quality's quality day and finals day is a different kettle of fish but you know stressing out about it tomorrow and uh, if it's not working out for you it just probably won't help your race performance so if, if you're putting the pieces of the puzzle together and there's a couple of little bits and bobs that aren't fit, fitting quite nicely just give it the time to bed in give it the time to change give it the time to get through qualies and we clip half the field basically and get down to you know 100 riders total or less um and then then you can start putting your finishing touches you know yeah. i think everyone's experienced experience enough here the majority of riders with the exception of the first year juniors have seen it and raised it before pretty much as is so i think that's going to be going to be pretty key tomorrow but tomorrow we're going to have the same the same hot points the same flash points everyone's going to stand at the stumps before the motorway <laughs> and everyone's going to crash there because it's extremely slippy and then everyone's just going to bunch up in the woods and do something similar and all the dads like me with the dad cams will be standing there achieving not as much as we should. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's a track that I'm assuming as it dries is going to dry much faster in the open than it is in the woods, um, which almost magnifies maybe the difference between the kind of, I guess there's th- three main sections. There's the kind of bike parky stuff at the top uh, into that like stump section, which is maybe a little bit more technical through the motorway and then into the steep lower woods is it going to be hard for riders to find a setup, especially with conditions changing throughout the week? But any thoughts? We actually, we talked about this right at the end of the track walk um, with some of the mechanics and, and riders on FMD. And really, I think bike, bike setup shouldn't be. Historically here, it's never been much of a puzzle. Um, the the upper stuff, you know, coming out of the start gate, there's very limited bike park now. The majority of it's kind of weird semi-bike park slash alpine pasture field stuff you know and then to the stumps uh, and it's not really really hugely demanding on the bike i think if you've got a good balanced bike and you you don't have a bias you know a ridiculous bias towards higher low speed kind of compression or rebound that would give you a, a bit of a booking bronco you know if you've done your work your homework during the off season you got a pretty balanced bike and your spring rates are relatively dialed <clears throat> And, you, you know, the bike feels balanced and composed under braking. And when you're applying pressure to it or when the track is applying, you know, impacts and bumps to the bike, then that's going to that's gonna be her. I don't think you'll change a huge amount. Uh, and the woods, um, people barely even change tires. Like people barely even go to a mud tire for the woods because of how long the upper section is. Uh-huh. So like we saw last year, with you know, the likes of Reese Wilson dominating the lower woods. Um, it's really good bike riding, smart, tactical bike riding without a whole pile of heavy braking, without a whole pile of exaggerated moving. A lot of calm, collected, well-planned, poised bike riding gets you through the woods fast. A lot of abrupt, heavy uh, heavy braking, heavy inputs into the bike and that sort of stuff don't, don't pay off. So I think, you know, the bike setup actually works out pretty good because you don't have a contrast in, you don't have a huge contrast in how hard you have to work the bike as a rider because mm-hmm. the upper stuff is relatively straightforward the motorway is it's just about tucking and squashing and getting your backsides and then you get to the woods and you have to ride your bike really really well you don't have to ride it really really hard you just have to ride it really really well so unlike Val de Soli where the bike rides you and then occasionally you have to ride the bike 
<laughs> which which and it's physically just as a result it's just so fatiguing in the upper body we don't really have that here you know even though the lower woods here is super steep it never gives people the same issues as a as an andorra or a valdesoli so yeah yeah i was gonna say is it a f- sort of physically less demanding track compared to some of the other places we visit on the circuit maybe the fatigue is less noticeable locally uh-huh. and, and 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 globally but I know, like Troy said last year, the only reason he won here last year because he was so fit coming into the season. He was so he was so fatigue free getting to the woods that he did an, an exceptional job. And you know, Reese Wilson last year got fourth, and his strategy, you know, race tactics was to get to the woods fresh, to dominate the woods, and that's exactly what he did. He just didn't do enough dominating above that, so he got fourth instead of first. But uh, Troy just brought the whole package. So while, yeah, it's, it's not going to give you this huge, like, oh my God, fatigue, uh, three quarters way down like like Andorra does, um, you still need to be extremely well prepared physically if you want to be up at the pointy end of, of the result sheet, you know? Yeah. And you, you've mentioned Troy there, who I believe is in Leergang, back on a downhill bike after that pretty nasty ankle injury back at home early in the season. Have you spoken to him? Have you seen him around? Have you heard much? Do we know where he's at? Yeah, so I saw him briefly uh, in the same restaurant everyone goes to on the first night we got here. So just the usual World Cup stuff, same faces, same places. Um, and he seems in good spirits. He's yeah, he's riding and schlabbing and seems in super good spirits. So looking forward to seeing him on track. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect a win out of him this week, just considering we're three races in. Everyone's got you know the the, the riders who are in the hunt for race wins and the overall are, are you know are riding as well as anyone's ever ridden a downhill bike. It looks like to me. So I wouldn't expect Troy to, I don't think he'll expect himself to come out for P1, but you're just building for the rest of the season from here. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there on the results sheet. So I would, I wouldn't expect, expect him to be on the podium, but I definitely, uh, he'll definitely be up there because he's a, he's a world-class racer, you know. For sure, for sure. And Thibaut de Prella, I think maybe had the win in the bag last year, made that kind of mistake in, uh, in the woods that sort of stalled him out and he, he ended up a, a second and a, a little bit behind Troy um speaking to Elliot after Fort William you know Thibaut had been kind of struggling to know whether he could come back he's proven that he can he's going to be uh, he's going to be in a good position I guess and knows he goes well there but behind him last year by only 0.2 of a second was Amory as well so those two are going to be duking it out all weekend I would imagine yeah um, last year he made he made some sort of an issue or got a headwind or something strange in the motorway too here he lost about he lost about a second to troy in the motorway and troy actually lost about about half a second to minar who was the fastest in the motorway last year and so tebow lost a lot of time there and then lost a huge chunk like you said in the woods and then had a really fast very bottom sector again so yeah fuck i don't even know what to I don't even know who to talk about, what to analyse. I think <laughs> it's it's just blistering hot and, and teams are giving, you know, a, a team like Kamenzal Mukov are giving full support to both Amory and Thibaut de Prella, uh, as are the syndicate giving full support to, you know, multiple fast riders, as are, as are Canyon Factory Racing, as are lots of, of the top teams. Um, there's It's not F1, there's no car one, car two. It's just like uh, people are throwing the kitchen sink at it to get wins. So uh, I don't even, yeah, I don't know if I'm excited or scared, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. Fair enough. Are there any yeah. um, kind of... Uh, Finn Isles is back too, which is which is an ah, interesting one. I'm okay. not sure if he's going to race, but I know he's done his, he's, he's finished his rehabilitation for his concussion at Red Bull APC here in Austria. Uh, he rode a couple of days downhill for the first time in five or six weeks in Schladming. Um, 
So, you know, he's in a uh, he's in a way more challenging scenario than Troy. Troy's been training physically and then, you know, getting on the downhill bike. Whereas Finn has essentially been doing next to nothing because he couldn't. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes, but he, he's definitely going to try and race from what I what I hear. Yeah, good. Um, and I'm guessing so Loic is he's recovering from surgery, right? From that collarbone in Fort yeah. William. So we won't see him on track. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm not a hope. I think he's what, two weeks post surgery now? Yeah. Two weeks and, and four days. So yeah, it's another I mean he could push it and, and get himself back for Lenzerheide or be super smart and use that extra week and then prep for, for Andorra. So we'll see. We'll see how he goes. But I think um, if if it's an uncomplicated collarbone break, it'll be it'll be pretty good pretty soon. And I'm guessing his focus may shift towards worlds rather than uh, the overall battle this year, given that that start of the season. Who knows? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what you think. I don't know what the fans think. I'd love to hear what the fans think. But like, world champs is is still world champs. The rainbow stripes are still the most amazing thing ever. But I don't know if it carries the same clout it carried a decade ago. Mm. And World Cup wins are so so big now. The TV coverage is so good. The fans are so knowledgeable that winning a World Cup is like it's as it's, it's not as good as winning World Champs, but it's. It, it almost is really, to be totally honest, you know? So Yeah, I guess it coming depends. Back, say, if Loic comes back and wins a couple of back-to-back races, say Snowshoe Monson and, like for me, that's as, that's as good as winning World Champs. So I don't yeah. know what his focus will be on. So it is super hard to know. But having said that, Loic is French. World Champs are in France at the most classic venue, which is Leger. The track looks amazing. They've made some changes already. So yeah, I think it might not be the only focus, but it's going to be a, a big highlight for all the Frenchies, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it, to some extent, it maybe depends on the track. Like Leger would be a very, very cool one to win, especially when yeah. you're French. Like it's going to be pretty wild there for sure. It's going cool. to burn down. But good that good that uh, specialised. We've got a few more riders in the pit this weekend, and then uh, Tani mentioned on social media. I think she's not quite ready to be coming back just yet. So that's uh, another absence from the the squad. But again, doing the right things to get uh, back in a good place before trying to ride it walk 10 down a uh, track like that and then reese wilson made the announcement this morning that he's uh he's going to step away for a little while and get back to a place that he's happier with more comfortable with and um obviously you coach reese so i'm sure there's some stuff that you probably can't talk about but are you able to offer any thoughts on on reese's position at all um yeah just uh, like a, a self a self-described performance slump since since lord so he had a, he had a a couple of crashes uh, at a Scottish national after after the World Cup in Lourdes, uh, which were kind of just a bit unexpected, just a bit out of the blue type weird crashes. And since that point, you know, I tried his very best to to train and prepare as as a world class athlete does. And there was just a constant stream of small setbacks, strange crashes, little things, and obviously his performance in Fort William. He had two really strong bottom sectors in Fort William. He was third and fourth overall in the last two sectors. Um, but above that. Uh, you know, higher up, he was just performing nowhere near to his, his normal ability. So that was a bit of a question mark as to how and why, because there was nothing really, really pinpointed as, as a major, major issue. But a lot of people said, you know, it doesn't kind of look like himself. Uh, and then he crashed um, again recently. So he's just taking the time away to get fully, fully investigated, fully checked out, uh, make sure there's no issues with the body that we're just not aware of, make sure that there's no residual you know issues from from previous head traumas he's had because he's had a couple of big crashes as we saw in Leger last year for example yeah. so just get every, everything checked out and be 100% confident capable and happy to 
to train and ride at the level you need to 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 compete in these races so good stuff smart man it's uh, yeah smart man it's it's a really tough decision to make emotionally mentally physically contract wise business wise the whole the whole gambit the whole the whole gambit of ex- of expectation to perform even though it's not explicit at these races it might be occasionally explicit from from one or two sponsors or someone who says you know this is what your contract says but by and large it's not explicit no one says you need to go out here and we expect this of you but underneath the surface everyone expects reese to be on the podium now Reese yeah. expects himself to be in the podium. He comes to Leo Gang, sees the bottom woods. Well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to dominate here and get in the podium or win again. So that that underlying expectation is is huge, and it's a stressor, I think, for all of the the top tier athletes. So to come to these races really feeling off the boil and not feeling like yourself uh, for for multiple reasons, big or small, I think it's uh, it's a very tough decision, but a very wise decision to make. And I think if we do have more races in the future, 10, 12, 15 races a year, or whatever it's going to be then athletes are going to have to and support staff are going to have to when things aren't going right you know you don't just throw in the towel but if things aren't going right and you've been you know hitting your head or you're trying to rush rehab on a collarbone or a, an arm or a broken hand or a wrist like you're going to have to ask some some pretty serious questions about the long-term mental and orthopedic cost of rushing yourself through rehab you know so yeah you go. fair play good on him and uh yeah wish him all the best i'm sure on behalf of everyone that listens for getting everything sorted and getting back back to racing when he's ready so look forward to seeing him back on the circuit at some point let's just um quickly touch on the the women's results from last year cami blanche took the win uh, in 407 and valley hole was a little over a second adrift valley's kind of local i guess so she's very comfortable there and and knows the track not quite um maybe where people would have expected her to see sorry would have expected to see her just yet but could be a good good little battle there um interesting to see where nina slots in and then monica harasnik and marine cabaret were third and fourth tiny and fifth last time out so hopefully some good battles there um i, it was, I don't know if you remember how weird the women's race was last year it was mad it was crazy <laughs> um cammy won it you know strong fair and square absolutely dominated the woods hence yep. why she she would probably have give or take won the race anyway regardless of the other the other racers issues uh miriam was literally on the form of her life here um last year but crashed twice i don't know if you remember miriam crashed twice here last year mm-hmm. uh crashed uh, out of the start gate pretty much along the first off camber and then crashed again in, in the woods um and valley crashed just before the finish line yeah uh, last corner so the whole thing was just crazy and, and tanya had really solid top three sectors and then just made an absolute mess of the woods um so it was just mad it was just wild here last year for the ladies racing i think that's because they raced earlier in the days in the day as well and the conditions were just ever so slightly more challenging it was at uh-huh. a peak peak drying out period and it was getting cloggy and claggy and the tires weren't clearing so there was yeah there was no hope <laughs> Yeah, in that no, crossover no, no. between wet yeah. and good and dry and good. Yeah. Yeah, really a crazy race. So hopefully we get slightly more kind of stable conditions, let's call them, this year for racing in the ladies. And it's going to be, yeah, I don't know if Valley feels pressure because she literally is at home. Her house is the other side of the hill, the backside of the, the gondola. If you take the gondola right to the top and ride down, if you could, that basically her house is down there. So, um, yeah, like... I don't know if she feels pressure. I don't know if the pressure's gone now because she's had two such 
catastrophes here in the two previous years, you know, <laughs> breaking an ankle at world champs and then after qualifying fastest and then qualifying fastest again the next year at her at the world cup and then crashing before the finish line. So I think those two experiences probably leave her in a, in a position that she's actually more dangerous now than ever yeah. because really maybe there's no expectation or less expectation on her shoulders. For sure. So third time really, lucky. Yeah. Third time lucky, really interesting. And it's going to be super interesting to see like, Eleonora Farina, for example, on a track like this can can do some big damage. She doesn't have the pure pace of the top kind of four or five girls, but physically she's super strong, puts in huge effort and practice, so she could do some some interesting damage. Miriam is is due a win again. It's been a while. Um surprisingly. Um Lenzer Heide was the last one. So Miriam's gonna be is gonna be super dangerous. Um and Cami is is Cami the favourite? Yes, probably. So crazy one really when you when you think it when you lay it out like that it's actually it's, it's going to be a really exciting racing because we no way we can predict it nina's on a high cami should probably win it valley's at home has everything she needs to win this race marion cabaroo is she back at full health now maybe maybe not we don't know so yeah super interesting yeah and there was a few kind of maybe to some people new names that cropped up in uh in fort william in some positions that were pretty impressive or uh, Mercedes-Benz key section times that are pretty impressive. Riders like Luke Meyersmith, Ethan Crate, Luke Williamson, all putting in some solid results. They're going to be taking some confidence out of that. Do you think any of that that group of riders are potentially kind of danger men here? Is there anyone you'd look at in the in the men's women's elite fields that you think ah, they're, uh, they're starting to get there and might go well on a track like this? I was super impressed with both of the Meyer Smith brothers in Fort William. Like I know they're great riders. I've, I've watched them on track now for, you know, for a couple of seasons. Um, but both of their performances, you know, in junior and elite in, in, um, in Fort William, you know, third place for Remy in, in Fort William in the junior category. And I, th- I don't know what Luke got. It was a ninth, maybe in eighth, I think Leeds. it was, it was, yeah, crazy. Yeah, ninth. It was uh, ninth. Sorry. Um, yeah. Daniel yeah was and eighth. that's like a, a top 10 is just, you know, ridiculous at world cup down level. These is so, yeah, really interesting to see what those guys do. I know both of them raced the EWS last week, so that might have a bit of a, a lagging impact on fatigue. Which Luke uh, also won. Did he win it in the under-21s? Under-21s, yeah. Right, okay, there you go. Did he beat you? <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Just a bit. <laughs> so, yeah, so th- those guys are going to be super interesting to watch, and they're really, you know, natural bike riders, like amazing, really love riding a bike, amazing bike riders. So that that's the kind of the kind of experience that pays off in the woods here if you do a good tactical job uh, angel suarez i'm really interested to see like i've coached angel for a couple of years now and we tried to keep the shoulders in their sockets as the main goal <laughs> um and it's been working out pretty good so far uh, and he had an amazing run on the go here last year until uh, a big mistake in the woods um and 10th in fort william so i'm really excited to see what angel can do this week you know definitely really and excited, there's, yeah. there's some riders that didn't make the cut back in fort william due to punctures it was a quite a common sight so there's gonna be a few people that want to be charging and getting through into the main show so nika malali aaron gwynn brooke mcdonald soto penne those guys are going to be uh looking for a bit of redemption i guess yeah loris Rivelli, uh blinky yeah and flo paille who's, who's injured uh, there's, there's quite a list of guys who had some some interesting kind of challenges let's say in fort william so yeah different beast here uh equally as demanding but different demands in terms of practice demands here. Getting yourself ready for for qualifying. If, if you're on that, say if you're a rider who's on the bill back up, it's like Nico Malali, or you're you're a rider who just doesn't have all the pieces 
and you're on the cusp of qualifying that's your kind of pace and mm-hmm. uh, this this is a challenging track you know because like i said the practice can be a bit of a mess and all the pieces of the puzzle won't fit together perfectly first time out you know three or four runs in it won't it won't feel like a you're ready for racing so getting the head and gear getting everything dialed in and lined up to get ready for qualifying if that's if that's the bracket you're kind of in you're trying to qualify and then you know you're you're free free man basically or free person for for finals um yeah this is a this is a tough spot when the weather's bad this is a tough spot for it so yeah interesting tomorrow to see uh to see who throws the toys out of the pram and practice basically <laughs> just because it's a hard track to build into to find the right lines and the right speed because of the conditions or because it's yeah, like uh, tight because or? it takes a while for it to bed in because it's, it's not a track that's ridden okay and um, because it's no longer a bike park it's bits of bike park connected with the fields in between the bike parks connected up with really slippy old stumps to the motorway and then the new woods and that's essentially what it is so it doesn't flow really early on because of the it's taped a bit odd sometimes and you're just jumping in and out of bike park from fields okay so it's a little bit kind of not janky i don't know what the word is there's a word in the english language to help describe it but it does take a while to get your get your head around that and get your head around breaking points and then when it's wet like this it's going to rut up it's going to change things are going to move a ledge or a rut that was supporting might not be supporting by the time you get the time training and it was in practice you know that sort of stuff and the lower woods is just going to change even the entry to the lower woods uh, so you come you do the big wall ride at the end of the motorway hop into the field and that's a big boggy field which we had huge ruts in last year and then you had the the gap that the elite men were doing over the tree roots into the woods yeah and we just looked at that this afternoon and it's taped maybe a meter narrower now mm-hmm. and they tried to create drainage to make it less wet where we used to have track but they've not achieved the less wet they've just to treat achieve less track <laughs> so it just makes the entrance more awkward tight and more precise to gap those roots and if you don't do that the whole thing's a mess so you know getting your head around that in practice is is it just takes time and then if you have a bit of a mechanical or a bit of an issue or you get stuck in some traffic when we have mixed practice so there's so many variables here if, if you're not a top dog that's protected if you're not a top dog that's you know well above qualifying pace anyway she's a, a challenging place it's a challenging venue you know okay and a bit less uh, mechanically punishing on the bikes. Are we likely to see less punctures, less mechanical issues here? Or yeah, historically we don't. We haven't seen much recently. The bikes are so reliable. Fort William, Fort William proved that wrong because of the wind. I think was the main reason. Uh-huh. Um, the wind just blew people offline. Hence why we saw many so many drivetrain failures in Fort William. They just got blown onto rocks that you just would not ride over. Yeah. Uh, so that won't be an issue here i don't we don't have wind forecast and it's nowhere near as exposed or as long as fort william or as rocky so that won't be an issue here i don't think all right good stuff well before we let you go we had a question in from greg jarman he uh, is very aware that you have numerous athletes across multiple teams at an event like this and around mm-hmm. the world doing other events as well um he was interested in how you split your time between all of your athletes um as well as i can is the uh, <laughs> Is the only so at, at the World Cup races I I work uh, for FMD Racing, so C- Canyon FMD, Canyon Collective FMD would be the official title. All the teams have mad names these days, <laughs> um, so that's my my primary focus, and that's the anchor, let's say, of the race week. So I anchor the rest of any other work I do around that, and then luckily for me, just organically, um, I coached you know for example Reese, Kate, and Charlie before they signed for Trek Factory Racing as as a, as a trio. Uh, and then Lars came on board afterwards, who I don't coach. So actually, you know, that organic 
shift where those three riders went to that team by coincidence and then Angel Suarez and Tom Estac who I coach ride for Commence 100% okay so actually it's it's you know we've got different groups on, on WhatsApp for example where you know I can feed feedback to, to groups of riders together um, you know have the radios for everyone at FMD so we can work across the radio during the week make practice plan the day before and then for for all the riders but especially for the ones that I, I, I don't work with you know really intensively during the week like I will with FMD uh, specific questions is number one so okay. you know, do you have a specific question do you have a specific need for the week um, I'll, I'll achieve what I can to help you know meet that need meet that answer that question and meet that need so that's that's the best way to do it and then there's loads of other small variables like someone might need a help to change or dial in something with warm-up or nutrition so that'll be a focus for a particular race someone might need a help just because they're rehabbing or coming back from injury like chaos for example this week is is uh, going to try and race um, as he's been rehabbing this this really bad shoulder he's had from a couple of huge crashes on it. So that's a focus for this week. Uh, there's, there's loads of things like that where the work almost just naturally just divvies itself up basically. Yeah. So there's no there's no explicit hierarchy for now other than FMD is the main the main focus the main anchor point and focus of the week. Um, and then around that everyone kind of needs what they need and that's why it's so important to build a long term relationship. So it's not just like a it's not a transaction coaching isn't a transaction it's not just a training program and then a bit of cash in my bank account it's it's a relationship it's a partnership so that's why it, it takes a couple of seasons it takes a few years to really build that up to learn how i work with the athletes how they work with me what they need what they don't need and then it starts to work a lot more fluidly you know for everyone involved good stuff all right man well thank you so much for your time this afternoon i can uh, tell just by the last couple of minutes of chat that you're quite busy so uh we'll let you get back to all those athletes we hope it goes well for everyone hopefully the uh the sun shines sooner rather than later and that track starts drying out and uh, look forward to seeing how the race progresses now sun's out now to bake it and then it's going to rain all night and make it even worse so r.i.p r.i.p group b all right nice one <laughs> cheers chris all right thank you All right, that's it for this episode with Chris. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. Don't forget to watch the race live over on Red Bull TV this weekend. Also, don't forget to head over to Pinkbike, put in your fantasy league team and join the Downtime Podcast League to be part of the competition throughout the season. We'll keep an update of how the league is going here on the podcast. A massive thanks to Maxis for supporting this season. Maxis have got incredible tyres for you no matter how or where you ride. So head over to maxis.com or visit your local Maxis dealer and check them out. I've been running the DHR Max Terror in the back and the Asagai Max Grip with their new XO casing up front and I'm really loving that combo. Here's another few links that might be useful to you. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like a copy of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today, but until next time, get out and ride. (laughs) 